Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Matt Chollett. This is the Red Box Podcast, bringing you the best of my show on Times Radio, Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. Now, in the next few days, Joe Biden's got a big decision to make. Who will be his vice presidential candidate, his running mate for the general election in November? But how many of these do you remember? Hi, Alvin William Barkley. Hi, Richard M. Nixon. Hi, Lyndon Baines Johnson. Hi, Hubert Horatio Humphrey. Hi, Spiro Theodore Agnew. Hi, Gerald Air Force. Hi, Nelson Aldrich Rockefeller. I, Walter F. Mondale. I, George Herbert Walker Bush. I, James Danforth Quayle. I, Albert Gore, Jr. I, Richard Bruce Cheney. I, Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr. I, Michael Richard Pence, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. Congratulations. Yes, it's that time of the year when presidential candidates will be choosing their running mates with a view to them becoming the vice president of the United States of America. But it's a very complicated, drawn-out process and it's incredibly important to get it right. So here to talk us through the process and who might end up being Joe Biden's running mate is Henry Zeffman, our Washington correspondent. Morning, Henry. Hi, Matt. So clearly Mike Pence is running again with Donald Trump. That's a given always, is it? Uh, not absolutely always. Uh, and in fact, there's, you know, the old rumour that Donald Trump wants to replace Mike Pence with Nikki Haley, who was his UN ambassador. But no, it's pretty clear in this instance, as almost always happens, uh, that Mike Pence will uh, run again with, uh, with Donald Trump. Mike, will you be my running mate? Huh? Stand up, Mike, please. Raise your right hand. No, I'm all looking. <laughs> Will you? Thank you. Okay, good. The answer is yes. So the big question then is Joe Biden and who he is going to pick as his running mate. Before we get stuck into Biden in particular, what what are the sort of things that presidential candidates have to think about when they're picking their, their running mates? Different presidents want different things. And you've got to remember that the vice presidency, at least constitutionally, has almost no powers. So uh, what the presidential candidate chooses in their vice president is you know it's what they want to make of it 
So traditionally, the way that presidential candidates think about it is they want to balance the ticket in some way. So in Biden's case, the most obvious way to balance the ticket would be age. You know, he's old, so he might pick someone younger, which is the exact reverse of what Barack Obama did when he was picking Joe Biden 12 years ago. Uh, you know, even then he was deemed relatively old by American political standards. And now he's running for president 12 years later. Um, and, you, you know, you get the flip side, you know, John F. Kennedy picked Lyndon Johnson when he was very young and Johnson was a bit more experienced and old. So that's one way of balancing it, age. Uh, another way that the ticket is often balanced is geography, because America is a huge country and you don't necessarily want two people on the ticket from a similar part of the country. So Joe Biden is from Pennsylvania and he was a senator for Delaware. So he's sort of northeastern. So a traditional way of thinking about that is, OK, well, you know, can he find a running mate from the south or the Midwest or the west? You could balance the ticket ideologically. Biden is sort of in the centre of the Democratic Party, but, you know, maybe towards its moderate wing. So perhaps he might pick someone who might appeal to sort of younger, more left wing, more crudely sort of more pro Bernie Sanders uh, voters. But then equally, sometimes people don't do any of that. And in fact, Joe Biden has said ideologically he wants a, pres a vice president who, in his own words, is simpatico with him on policy. So perhaps he doesn't want to balance the ticket ideologically. There's so much a president has on his or her plate. They need someone they completely trust that they're simpatico with. And then, you know, Bill Clinton is the guy who, 28 years ago now, confounded all of the rules and said, no, I'm not going to balance the ticket at all. He chose Al Gore, who was almost exactly the same age as him, also, you know, a white man, and who was from Tennessee, which borders Bill Clinton's state of Arkansas. So instead of balancing the ticket, he said, no, I'm going to have someone who is almost exactly like me. And I suppose there's there's the consideration of, you know, you, you want a, a sort of dream team to go into the election to appeal to as wide a base as possible, which is why we balance the ticket. But then if you become president, you are stuck with this person for four years, potentially eight years. Uh, and so you presumably, you, you know, you at least want to think, I want to get on with these people. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it, it's a twofold thing. You know, you want your vice president to help you win the election. But you also want them to help you govern if they do successfully help you win the election. And like everything else, coronavirus changes that calculation a bit because, OK, does it matter so much about having a vice president who might be able to dazzle a rally of 5000 people? No, because those rallies aren't happening. And I, you know, sadly for, for me, journalistically, I don't think they're <laughs> going to happen any time before November. And equally, the sort of challenge of governing is very specific now. I mean, it is, you know, it is, can they, can they help with an economic recovery? Or perhaps it's, can you leave everything but the economic recovery to the vice president? So absolutely, you know, Joe Biden will be thinking, I think this time he'll be thinking much more in terms of how can, how can they help me govern than he will, how can they help me campaign? And so how does the process actually work is it just a question of joe biden or whoever just say oh i quite like that person pick up the phone to them do they is is there an official process what what how how does someone end up on the ticket with a with a presidential candidate it's an incredibly intense process um the candidates submit to months of really detailed deliberately intrusive what's called vetting the candidates choose a committee of, of people who they basically outsource the early phases of the process to. In Joe Biden's case, 
Uh, that's chaired by a man called Chris Dodd, who was a sort of contemporary of his in the Senate for many years. And that committee will hire a team of lawyers and they will get all the candidates, the sort of longest of long lists, to fill out hundreds of pages of questionnaires answering questions about their family, about their working life, you know, sending in all their tax returns, all their medical forms. You know, to, to put it really crudely, you know, Mitt Romney somewhere in a storage unit tied either to him or his campaign will have, you know, details of whether, say, Marco Rubio ever downloaded pornography. Uh, that is the kind of that is the kind of uh, detail they go into, and you know the, the thinking is not necessarily that they want a candidate who is blemish free, although obviously that helps. The thing is they want to be prepared come what may. They want to be able to say, okay, we're choosing a running mate who has this skeleton in the closet, but at least we can prepare a response as and when the media find out, which means we can minimise the damage. And. Do you put yourself forward or, you know, just do, do I think, oh, I wouldn't mind being Joe Biden's running mate and sort of fill in the form and send it off? Or does he ask me to fill it in? And how, how many people are doing that? He, he asks you, although what's happened this time, which is a bit unusual. I mean, usually the potential vice presidents are asked if they want to be vice president. They go, oh, my God, me? You want me to be vice president? I can't, surely not. I'm not qualified. And then, you know, three months later, they're, they're the running mate. Uh, this time round, people have been pitching themselves, which is which is unusual. So, uh, you know, Joe Biden kind of has uh, an embarrassment of riches to choose from. I mean, sometimes, you know, in fact, I mentioned Mitt Romney earlier, but certainly there were some Republicans in 2012 who said, I don't want to be vetted because, you know, they thought, well, Romney's not going to beat Obama, so, uh, you know, what's the point of the hassle? <laughs> um, but this time round, people think, you know, Joe Biden really might win. Joe Biden might only serve four years, and, you know, they could be president in four years' time. And so having done all the vetting and the, you know, the filling and the forms and all that, uh, what what happens? Is there then a sort of face-to-face approach? Do you get through to judges' houses, basically? Uh, <laughs> That's quite a good way of thinking about it, actually. You know, right down to the uh, da- right down to the sort of weird rented houses uh, around around the country where judges' houses take place. It's a very covert process. You hear people who were involved in previous uh, vice presidential elections talking about how you know they would arrange to meet a senator in a mysterious car park, uh, you know, in some random small city in America. You know, from where they would then drive them to a secret rendezvous with the presidential candidate, and so on. Uh, the final phase, of course, will be interviews with Joe Biden, long chats, basically to see how their relationship might work. Ordinarily, that would take place face to face. It may well be taking place face to face this time. Hard to know. Um, yeah, they're probably being driven to Joe Biden's Delaware home or you know, perhaps somewhere, somewhere a bit more uh, discreet. Um, but, you know, look, of course, a lot of it will have been taking place over Zoom because that's that's the world we live in now. <laughs> um, and so that might not be the best way of, of gauging whether Joe Biden, whoever he chooses, are going to have a particularly uh, good relationship. And it, it doesn't always go smoothly, the picking of the uh, of the running mates. When has it gone particularly badly wrong? Yeah, we tend to remember the examples of when it goes badly. I mean, look. Everyone instantly would have thought Sarah Palin Uh, and everything I just said, by the way, about intensive vetting and taking it very seriously and leaving no stone unturned. That was totally left by the wayside in 2008 by the McCain campaign. Actually, it's not true to say it was left by the wayside. This is an important point. It was they ran a very thorough and professional process. And at the end of it, John McCain said, 
I want to pick Joe Lieberman. Now, Joe Lieberman might sound slightly familiar to some of the real American politics nerds listening to Times Radio uh, because he was Al Gore's running mate eight years before, a Democrat. But since then, he had sort of grown estranged from the Democratic Party. He was an independent senator. He was basically a mainstream Democrat domestically, but much more interventionist in terms of foreign policy. Uh, and McCain said, I want to pick Joe Lieberman. His advisor said, are you mad? The Republican Party will never wear this. So McCain at that point went, OK, well, look, I'm behind in the polls. And someone on the team had sort of vaguely heard of this relatively new young governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin. They flew her into Arizona. They had basically one meeting and McCain said, OK, do you want to be my vice president? And just everything else went out the window and you know, it went very badly. Alaska has a very narrow maritime border between a foreign country, Russia, and on our other side, the land uh, boundary that we have with uh, Canada. It, it's funny that a comment like that was uh, kind of made to... Uh, care I don't know, you know. Yeah, that went terribly. There are other examples. Dan Quayle was George Bush Sr.'s running mate in 1988. He was an attempt to balance the ticket with a bit of youthful vigour, but he was rubbish. I mean, Bush won anyway, but there's a famous moment from the vice presidential debate uh, where Dan Quayle compared himself to John F. Kennedy and Lloyd Benson, who was Michael Dukakis's running mate, uh, said to him, Senator, I serve with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. It's sort of gone down as the best diss uh, in any presidential or vice presidential debate in modern times. And then perhaps the most serious recent example is a man called Thomas Eagleton, who was George McGovern's pick in 1972. And soon after he was selected, it emerged that he'd been hospitalised repeatedly for severe bouts of depression and had electronic shock therapy. Now, look, if that happened today, clearly the world is more enlightened and, and it would be treated much more sensitively and, and wouldn't necessarily be a problem. But it goes back to what I was saying about vetting. The McGovern campaign were blindsided. It wasn't necessarily that the, the, his depression itself was a problem, but they were suddenly in a, in a sort of storm that they hadn't anticipated and Eagleton ended up quitting the ticket and being replaced and McGovern lost by loads. So up next, we'll talk about who Joe Biden might pick. I'm talking through the process of selecting a, a running mate to be vice president with Henry Zeffman here on Times Radio. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Matt Shawley here on Times Radio, joined by Henry Zeffman, who's talking us through the process of selecting a running mate to be vice president in the US elections. So it's widely expected that possibly in the next week or two, Joe Biden might announce who his vice presidential uh, candidate will be. And Henry, a huge number of people in the running. Do you want to talk us through uh, some of the ones to watch? Sure. I mean, 
is actually probably the case by now that there's only two, three or four people who he's choosing between. But we don't know because it's such a tight knit process. We don't know who it's been narrowed to. I mean, what we do know, of course, because Joe Biden announced this during the primary campaign, is that he's going to pick a woman. So we will have the third ever female vice presidential candidate after Geraldine Ferraro in 1984 and Sarah Palin in 2008. Very possibly, particularly if the polls are to be believed, the first woman president or vice president. There is a clear favourite. It's a woman called Kamala Harris. She's a senator from California. She ran for president herself against Joe Biden and many others. For a time, she was the front runner, but she dropped out before a vote was even cast, uh, a couple of months before the Iowa caucuses. Her campaign really petered out. And there is just a bit of suspicion that she's better on paper than she is in reality. But, you know, on paper, she is brilliant. She's a former attorney general of California. And also, you know, we should mention this, there is a lot of pressure, a lot of calls for Joe Biden, particularly in the wake of the protests uh, surrounding George Floyd. But there were calls for this before to put a black woman uh, on the ticket. And Kamala Harris is the daughter of a Jamaican father and a Tamil Indian mother. And so, you know, she, she would fit that uh, she would tick that box as well as, you know, having many, many qualities. And I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden. Um, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful, to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So that's Kamala Harris, the front runner, we think. Who else might pip her to the post? Well, there's another presidential former presidential rival, uh, who is Elizabeth Warren, another senator as well. She's a senator for Massachusetts. And she ran for president, again, like Kamala Harris. She was the favourite for a while. Her momentum collapsed a little bit later. Her lunch was kind of eaten by Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, who was the full fat left winger. Whereas Elizabeth Warren is a sort of, you know, she's at the leftmost edge of sort of Democrat Party's pragmatists. And look, there is no question that she is a very serious brain who would help the Biden administration tick. Joe Biden could very foreseeably put her in charge of the economic recovery from coronavirus. But she's white. And there is, as I said, a lot of pressure for Joe Biden not to put someone white on the ticket. She's also old. Uh, I mean, not, not in the real world, but she's old by basically any presidential standards other than Joe Biden's. Uh, she's 71. And also, you know, she is really loathed by conservatives. Perhaps that doesn't matter because they're not going to vote for the Biden-Warren tickets anyway. Trump has a ready-made attack on her. He calls her Pocahontas because uh, of a row over her sort of at one point claiming Native American ancestry. Then the flip side of that, of course, is that people know what they think of her. So perhaps, you know, you know, you know that people who don't like her are going to stay not liking her. But otherwise, you know, you get her governing experience. So, look, I think if Biden decides that he is willing to pick a white woman, I think Warren is in with a very serious uh, shout. Uh, look, there's, there's many others. There's a woman called Tammy Duckworth who's getting a lot of attention at the moment. She's a senator from Illinois. 
she's a Thai American. She's got an extraordinary backstory. She was an, a helicopter pilot for the US Army in Iraq. Uh, she was shot down and she had both of her legs amputated. She got a Purple Heart for bravery. Um, I think she was the first female double amputee of the Iraq war. And you just imagine a vice presidential televised debate between her and Mike Pence. I mean, imagine Mike Pence trying to claim that she is not a patriot. But she's a bit of an unknown. Uh, I mean, yes, she's a senator, but it's not totally clear what she thinks about lots of national issues. That's not necessarily a problem because it means that she can very easily just adopt Joe Biden's views on lots of national issues. But... Uh, you know, it does leave a question, which you don't have about the people who've run for president before, about whether she can withstand months and months of uh, media scrutiny uh, and scrutiny from from the Republican Party, of course. So that sounds to me like uh, if it was all about the campaign, she'd be an eye catching choice, which the Republicans might struggle to uh, attack. But if Joe Biden's looking at the polls and already think, well, I'm going to win this, I can focus on the governing and the running of the country, and I need someone with experience of having done that, uh, then that's why you you think more Elizabeth Warren than Tammy Duckworth. Sure, but there's another really intriguing option if you think about the governing of the country. And that's a woman called Susan Rice, uh, who was uh, ambassador to the United Nations and then national security advisor in the Obama administration. She has never run for any elected office in her life. I mean, I don't know, maybe she ran for the school council, but like that, that is the extent <laughs> of it. I mean, she is pure technocrat. And so that would be a really extraordinary appointment uh, in that regard. I mean, we've had vice presidents before whose qualifications have been more administrative than electoral. George H.W. Bush, for example, made his name as director of the CIA. I think he was ambassador to the UN as well. But he had been elected to Congress from Texas before then. Susan Rice, you know, Biden picking her would be, you know, openly disregarding the sort of campaigning element, although obviously she's very articulate and very uh, smart. You know, I'm sure she would be a good campaigner, but she's not a proven campaigner. And, and Biden would be saying, OK, you know, I'm going to make Susan Rice vice president, presumably so that she can run foreign policy. And Biden would just leave all of that to her. She knows America's allies, you know, go and restore alliances damaged by Trump uh, and let Biden focus on domestic stuff. The problem with that argument is you say that argument out loud and you think, well, why wouldn't he just make her Secretary of State, which is America's equivalent of Foreign Secretary? Another name, another like Susan Rice black woman who has really come from nowhere in, in what's called the Veep Stakes in just the last couple of weeks. is a woman called Karen Bass, who there's suddenly lots of talk about. And, and she's really interesting. To understand why she's really interesting, we need to make a point I haven't made so far, which is that this vice president could probably, I mean, will we'll almost certainly instantly become the front runner to succeed Joe Biden as the Democrat presidential candidate. And a lot of people think because Joe Biden would, you know, the second he swears the oath of office become the oldest president in history. A lot of people think that'd be in four years rather than eight years. You know, will Joe Biden really run for re-election aged 81? Yeah, it's hard to see. Now, Karen Bass, she's relatively old. She's 66. She's a congresswoman from California. She's quite low profile, but she's sort of a behind the scenes operator. She chairs the Congressional Black Caucus, which is quite influential. She's towards the left of the party, but she's got a very consensual style. She's good at working with Republicans. It's actually a lot like Joe Biden. It's a lot like it's a lot of the arguments that Team Obama made for choosing Joe Biden in 2008. But the really important thing is that she is the only person who we'll talk about today who said in public that if she was selected as vice president, she wouldn't use that as a springboard to run for the presidency. 
you can see on a psychological level why that would be really attractive for Joe Biden. Because he doesn't want to be a transitional figure. I mean, he says he does. But look, I mean, he's, he's, he's been running for president for 32 years. And finally, <laughs> here he is, 14 points clear in the polls. Of course he doesn't want to be overshadowed by his vice president. And, you know, suppose he picked Kamala Harris. Within weeks, and I know this because I'll be one of the people writing them, there will be stories about, is Kamala Harris overshadowing Joe Biden? You know, is she breaking with him on a, on a particular issue to set herself up well for 2024? And so on and so on and so on. So you can see the attraction of having a vice president whose sole purpose, as Joe Biden's was for Barack Obama's, is to make the president look good. And just finally, one of my uh, lockdown projects has been watching or finishing watching the, the TV series Veep. Uh, so Amanda Inucci, you know, took the thick of it basically from the UK and uh, transported it to the vice president's office in the US. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. But one of the things that, that comes across all the time is just how powerless and almost pointless uh, the VP is. In theory, you know, a heartbeat away from uh, being the leader of the free world. But the rest of the time, you're going to the sort of second tier photo opportunities and struggling to get a meeting with the president. What is the reality of being vice president and does it depend on the occupant of the oval office it absolutely depends on the president joe biden secured a guarantee from obama when before he took the vice presidency or took the place on the ticket that it would be a serious job that he'd be given stuff to do and he was so initially he was put in charge of the uh, auto industry bailout after the financial crisis he had a lot of responsibility for negotiating with republicans in congress often not very successful but but that was his job so yes it's what they make of it a lot of a lot of historical occupants of the vice presidency have found it incredibly limiting and frustrating i think walter mondale who was jimmy carter's vice president was the first to really insist on being included in important meetings and since then it's sort of carried on in that vein look i i can't conceive of 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 joe biden having a an irrelevant vice president i think there's so much that his administration would want and would have to do that he would need someone else to be able to sort of spearhead uh, projects through Washington, through through the, the Washington bureaucracy. But also, you know, it does come back to that point that we keep making. I mean, he would be 78 years old as the leader of the free world. And, and you know, I think this is going to be one of the most influential vice presidencies for, for some time. That's all we've got time for on this episode. To listen to the whole Times Radio show, just go to the Times Radio app and click Listen Again. To make sure you don't miss future episodes of the podcast, subscribe on Apple, Acast, Spotify or wherever you listen. And to read more about what we've been talking about on the podcast, go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash Times Radio to subscribe. But for now, for me, Matt Cholly, it's goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.